0: beef and dairy um, is just an incredibly energy intensive process. So if we can use spent grains to offset even a small amount of impact that that industry has, then I'm all for it.
1: And that was Holden from Against the Grain New England on this week's episode of Brew Roots. Thanks for
2: tuning in to another episode of Brutes, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan,
1: and joining me today is Matt. Yeah, Erica's still taking care of her dog, or we recorded two episodes in a row. Hmm. You be the judge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, what an awesome episode with Berkshire. Um, Thank you again to Gary for doing that. We really do appreciate it. Um, And if you listened to the intro from last week, you know what hell we went through. Yeah. But a major shout out to Holden and Yeet for hauling themselves in from Boston to come and do this episode here at Small Pond Studios, the best studio in the whole world. Yeah, we'll go with that. I'd like to think if Jimi Hendrix is still alive, he'd probably exclusively record at Small Pond Studios. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We don't know. We can hope. <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah, so what's up, Sound Guy Ryan? Not much. Still drinking
2: some pretty good beer. Um, I got a Lollipop Forest in my hand. From
1: Deciduous.
2: From Deciduous. Now I like I, them. This is the Blackberry Lemonade one, and I will be completely honest. I am not a huge fan of it.
1: Okay, that's okay. But it's not bad. That's. I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just not for me. I'm trying to get my hands on their Caramel Apple lollipop variant yeah which am i trying to get my hands on it at the same time i'm like do i need that do i need that i want it you do want it i think we all want it i know uh so ryan yes matt you know halloween is coming up tomorrow the spookiest day of the year spooky and last year we were at uh cambridge burn company yes we
2: were i was dressed up as a ghoul as a ghoul uh, yeah, I hated every moment. It's kind of like what I think what your pets feel like when you dress them up into costumes. That's how I felt after, like, getting
1: my face painted and shit. So this year, we're all, Erica and myself, are going to be Sound Guy Ryan. And I'm going to be um, just me. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to have three. You'll see it on Instagram, but all three of us are going to be dressed up as Sound Guy Ryan. I
2: can't wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just not hard for me because I have a lot of the same shirts as Ryan and... I just need to get long hair, so I've been eating Rogaine <laughs> to get long hair like you, Ryan. Excellent to well,
2: execute. Yeah, you still got a ways to go, but we'll see. we'll see if you make it.
1: Yeah, you know what that means for
2: you, though, Ryan. uh you know, I'd like to think nothing. Well, um, I'd I'd feel more comfortable if I could just get to live my Halloween as me and no one else. I
1: was gonna say, I feel like Halloween is the official end of pumpkin season for beer.
2: Does that mean I can buy like a whole bunch of pumpkin beer and just like smash it or throw it in a fire pit?
1: If you want to waste money, sure.
2: Okay, I did not know where you're going with
1: this then. I was just saying you should be like rejoicing. Like no more pumpkin beer. No. Oh, well, it will be replaced by like stouts and and other beers.
2: Yeah, those uh other spiced beverages during Christmas and that Thanksgiving. That you love.
1: Those ones aren't
2: as bad depending on what they are. Yes. Cause there's, mm, I can find a lot of them that I enjoy cause they're very subtly spiced. Like they'll have a little like, you know, nutmeg or something thrown in there. It's super, super light. Um, or the flavor will come from the yeast, yeah. you know, so they're really not spicing it. They're just choosing a, a yeast, yeast that gives yeah. off those, uh, those clove flavors, uh, the, you know, other spices.
3: Yeah.
1: Maybe. Maybe
2: some spruce tip IPAs. Yeah, that's right. Spruce tip IPAs. I do like me a good spruce tip IPA. You do. Yeah. You know?
1: So, yeah. If you are gonna be doing anything for Halloween, uh, stay safe and be safe, definitely. And yeah, don't get spooked by yep. a
2: ghoul, and don't take candy from strangers. That's right. Or beer, or actually, no, take the beer. Definitely take the beer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so this week's episode, we talk about sustainability. Um, our friend Holden and Yeet are really into that, and they're starting a new company. And a lot of our friend breweries are on board with this. So Brado, Lamplighter, just to name a few. So uh, Essex that, that County Brewing couple. Company. Okay, yeah, there, now there's a few. Now there's a couple. There yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was a few. A few? Yeah, just a few. <laughs> um, but they're looking to get some more breweries online. Um, and it's kind of a no-brainer, their business, I have to say.
2: So... Yeah, it just makes, like, business side of things on both ends, it just makes sense. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's yeah. like, why wouldn't you do it? Um, and our and our friend Rob from the Eco-Friendly Beer Drinker is uh, on board with them as well, and yeah. he's part of the Mass Brew Bros, and they share a little bit of information about them as well. So make sure to um, get more information if you like this episode um, at their website, which we will leave in the doobly-doo below. Yeah, and I
2: think uh, that's all we got
1: to talk about. That's all we got to talk about. Ryan and I have to go eat chicken wings and prepare for an interview. An interview, because we are wild here at to Purdue tonight. Yeah, we, we've we
2: probably done uh, six, seven interviews in the past like couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's been yeah. crazy. Thank you to everyone who's helped us out. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. And, and shout out to these microphones and this new equipment that we got, Ryan. Hell yeah. It sounds oh, awesome. That's right. That's what I wanted to bring
2: up. You know how you can make us pay for this shit that we went in debt for is to go on our patreon
1: that's right patreon.com com to podcast and you can you know do things like buy us a beer
2: yep there's a buy us a beer option and there's a couple other tier options where you get some swag from local breweries um, from local breweries and us yep which is awesome um and yeah it just really if you if you like what you hear please help us and um support the podcast because Every dollar counts. It yeah. really
1: goes a long way. And we're not ex- we're not asking for that like triple IPA that's twelve dollars at a brewery. We're just asking for like the five dollar pilsner. Yeah. Oh, I said it like you, Ryan. Pilsner. Pilsner. There oh, go. I'm turning into you. Well, I think we're going to go on to this episode because it's a little bit of a long one. And uh, this is one of those episodes where I think you got to listen to like with a clear mind because there's a lot of information. Yes. Without further ado, cheers. Alright everyone, we are in the middle of fall, Erica. We are. And you're a homeowner. Indeed. And you've been raking your leaves?
4: I haven't started yet. Um I, I'm scared.
1: So last weekend but, I started yeah. raking my good, leaves. Good for you. You know why I started raking It's these?
4: smart to start early because there's less at the end.
1: Yes. Well, I wanted to compost <laughs> successfully this season. Oh, that's,
4: that is a good yeah. thing to do. I have not tried that before. Yeah, you should. I, th- I should.
1: Yeah, because your lawn over the winter doesn't want leaves on it.
4: Well, that's why I rake them and throw them out in the yard. In the yard. In the woods. In the woods. Yeah.
1: To compost them.
4: Yeah. So I guess they compost naturally. I just don't then use the compost.
1: Well, you're missing out.
4: I don't have a garden yet, so... Next year? Next year! Chance. But... <laughs> there's always next year. Goals made.
1: We yeah. are here with Against the Grain... Is it N-E? Against the Grain, N-E? Or is it... Technically, it, yeah. Technically, yeah. yeah. So it's Technically Against the Grain, New England. New England. Yeah. Ooh. Huh. Ooh. For those who didn't know, N-E does not stand for New... Environment. Environment. Yeah, <laughs> it stands for New England. Um, and we're here with Holden and Yeet. Mm-hmm. What's going on, guys?
0: Not a whole lot. Thanks for thanks for having us. Yeah,
1: you I guys really appreciate it. Drove all the way from Boston to Small Pond Studios. So. We
0: did. Yeah, actually, just hearing Erica mention trees made me jealous. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Good. I think Good. There's a total of three trees in my neighborhood. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Good. We'll keep. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Keep them. on treeing
1: on. Yeah. That's what I <laughs> say. On on. That's what I say to all of my fans. Keep on treeing on. But um, this is an important episode for us because we. Did an episode earlier with Rob of um, eco friendly beer drinker mm. and I said it right. That's amazing. You did. You really and, did. And uh, Master Bros and we did an episode on sustainability. And if you listen to our podcast, you know that we are very conscious about sustainability. Not to the level that Rob is. Rob is like will not drink a canned beer. Mm. Which
4: yeah, he's next level, which is really good. I'm really, really proud of him for doing that. It's, that's cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I wish I was that like. Committed to the Take craft some real time. dedication. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, but what you guys are doing caught the attention of Rob and we were like, Well, if it's catching the attention of Rob, we should probably talk about it on the podcast. Yeah,
4: and it must be pretty cool. It must
1: be pretty cool. Yeah. So we start every podcast by asking our guests, um, their first memory of beer and their role at the brewery. You guys don't own a brewery, but what's your <laughs> role at your company?
0: Well, I guess I'll go first. So, uh, my role and I introduce suppose, yourself. Your name, Holden. All right, <laughs> yep. my name is Holden. Holden Cookson. Yep. Uh, my role at Against the Grain is well, it's many things right now. I'm wearing practically every hat except for Yeats hat, um, and um, right now it's major sales, talking to breweries, getting folks to sign on mm. um, for our service. Um, setting up the infrastructure and supply chain on the back end to mm-hmm. to actually execute that service and kind of fine tuning
1: that service. And so if you were to like take a checklist, you would probably check out like ninety percent of the things that you do on the list.
0: Ninety percent. And then the the ten percent is is yeet uh helping herd the cats that are in my mind. And solid. Yeah. Solid, yeah.
4: solid yeah, 10% I mean, ten percent
0: calendar. Yeah, yeah helping me uh, code things yeah. excel spreadsheets. I'm,
5: I'm I'm basically the finance and the data side of things where we're looking at like how the brewers are doing, how we manage the operations that are coming in and what how we manage the supply and the demand basically yeah
1: before we get into the nitty gritties of the the company um, what's your first memory of beer? first memory oh. of
0: beer actually, my first probably not my first memory of beer but my most early vivid memory of beer was my junior year in college okay the frisbee team at my university had a house party and uh, i didn't drink until i was 23 Good okay. for you. Yeah. so yeah and uh this really timid freshman comes into the party we ended up being lifelong friends or i guess we've been friends since i'm only 28 so right. I like, oh man your life's <laughs> already over that stinks I'm 45. Yeah, yeah. Just can't tell. um and he, he walks in and another frisbee player hands him a red solo cup or, or hands him a beer and i could just immediately tell like having been that freshman i was like man he does not feel comfortable so um <clears throat> i grabbed a solo cup and i handed it to him and i was like no one ever questions what's in a solo cup and i took his beer and he was like thanks so and that was my first experience with beer, which is that I can remember, which may b- not be a positive memory of beer, yeah. but it's, um, I think it had a pretty big implication of my, you know, experience oh, yeah.
1: with, with beers. That's part. the first like good guy beer story. Yeah, other it really than, was like,
4: actually. Yeah, like, my yeah. dad gave me his beer and it was disgusting. <laughs> I, oh, was I remember getting
1: shit faced in, in college. Yeah, yeah right. Like, That's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. You, um,
5: what about yourself? For me, I was, like, 15 years old okay. in, like, a rural town in Turkey, yep. um, and me and my friends, I went to my, like, buddy's summer house, and we went to play pool, and they all, like, ordered a beer, even though they were underage, too. the, drinking the age, age of drinking? Yeah. The, the drinking age in Turkey is 18, but yep. they were, like, 16, I think, um, and they were, like, yo bro this tastes like amazing and i was like okay i'll get one too and then i like tasted it and i was like i cannot drink that." this is not like, amazing yeah, this is not great i think i took like four like very hard sips you should but... know when anyone says yo bro this is amazing." <laughs>
1: yeah, right.
4: don't trust those people yeah, yeah. it's like the
1: first time i
0: did dabs that's exactly yeah what was right doing. right oh, not fun jesus oh, yeah
1: <laughs> so um it's interesting i I think a lot of people hear the name of your your company and they go, well, well, that could be a million different things. I Mm. wish I named Breweritz the name of your company. It's a way better name than (laughs) Breweritz. But what is your company? I mean, we've kind of flirted with, oh, sustainability, but Mm -hmm. what what is it?
0: Yeah, I've said the service quite frequently already. But um, it's funny you say that as well, that against the grain really could be anything because Mm -hmm. when we applied for the license, like the actual LLC, there were... I don't know, like thirty against the grains just in New England. Mm. And two of them were beer related. Yeah. Or actually grain related. So we were lucky to actually get the get the title we got. Um, that's yeah, how said, many
1: were like poorly ran Facebook pages that, like, nobody <laughs> uh, maintained. Yeah. They were
0: all yeah. No, I shouldn't say they were all pretty bad. I mean they were decent, but there were some that like we had to, you know, navigate the actual Instagram, you know, title getting process that yep. I was like, oh we can't use this one. We had to there's a whole process in getting our actual domain and stuff too. But, um, yeah, the service is uh, we manage spent grains from breweries. Um, and we manage them in the most sustainable way possible at this time, which is bringing those spent grains to farmers. Um, when you, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can probably identify this, when you manage a brewery, spent grains are a huge hassle. Um, you can pretty much throw them in the, your options are you can throw them in the garbage, you can have somebody compost them, you can create a relationship with a local farmer, um, or you can, you know, create brew crackers or pizza dough or bread or whatever you can create products. And Mm -hmm. those options are pretty tailored to what's referred to as the food waste hierarchy. At the very bottom is landfill. Above that is, um, waste energy. Above that is composting. Above that is anaerobic digestion. Above that is feeding animals, mm-hmm. and above that is feeding humans.
1: Okay. And aerobic di- digestion. Can you, for our listeners and myself, that doesn't know what that means?
0: Yeah. So anaerobic <laughs> digestion. You know, most people are familiar with composting. Yep. Um, anaerobic digestion is like composting on steroids. Okay. Um, so okay. pretty much what you do is you take food waste. You slurry it. You turn it into this like really disgusting food waste milkshake. Mm, you delish. introduce bacteria to that milkshake, which makes it even more delicious. Oh, yes. Yep. Have you drank it? God, no. Okay. Oh, no. damn it. It uh, doesn't look as good as it sounds. Okay, yes. Let's just say that. <laughs> and um, you introduce bacteria to it. Those bacteria produce biogas. And then you power engines that are pretty much just like giant truck engines. Um, that are typically connected directly to the grid. For the company I work for right now, full-time, AgriCycle Energy, they have three one-megawatt engines that are connected directly to the grid. Um, So as they're producing energy, um, which ends up being annually about 1,500 homes for 100% of their needs, um, it's being distributed amongst the New England ISO grid. Jesus. ISO grid. Yeah, it's a fancy term. That is fun. Yeah.
1: So- not every kid grows up and tells their parents, I want to save the the environment. Mm. Um, was that something that, was that the plan all along for you? What did you go yeah. to college, wanted to be? And, and Eat, same question for you. Yeah.
0: Eat, what was your...
5: I mean, I've been an environmental person my whole life. I'm vegetarian and um, I don't know. I I like to think that I try to save the environment as much as I can, even though, like, we obviously live in, like, a huge house and like we fly from time to time but i think this company is um i'm proud to be the co-founder of this company because like it does a lot of diverting resources from landfill to actual um productive um needs i yes. guess
1: but I'm, I'm more or less, what was 13-year-old Yeet? What did 13-year-old Yeet want to be when he grew up? You know, it, was, it, it wasn't something involving beer and, and an environment, I'm sure.
5: Um, he did not know. Yeah. I mean, 20-year-old Yeet did not know what he wanted to do. Yeah. And um, 20-
1: 28-year-old Matt doesn't know what he wants to be, so don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> 29. Right. Yeah.
5: I
0: think most importantly, uh, the best, most important attribute of Yeet's um, that brought us together was that he drives a Prius. Okay. oh
4: solid yeah yeah
0: so um you know despite all the things yeah. he
5: just said he, yeah. he drove a prius so right. that kind of ticked all yeah. the box. So that i needed i give my prius to Holden every time he goes out of state <laughs> perfect so
1: so yeah, i am curious um sustainability in turkey is that a thing is there a big environmental push for sustainability
5: i wouldn't say there's an there's a big environmental push but there definitely is like a growing um sense of knowledge and um a higher consciousness about it. Um, But (laughs) I wouldn't say, like, there's a big push.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Holden, I'm just going to volley the question back to you. Like, has environmental and sustainability always been in your lifestyle or is that something that you just fell in love with in college?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't have... I shouldn't say I definitely didn't have any interest in high school, but um, you know, in high school, I wanted to study art. I went mm-hmm. to art school for a year. I fucking hated it. Yep. Um, <laughs> the school ended up going bankrupt. Oh, um, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. actually refunded like a lot of my loans because they were like super corrupt, taking you know, taking oh, advantage. That's of, awesome. And, yeah. yeah, right in the height of the housing market crash, pretty much, or mm, I guess perfect. the first recovery of it. Anyway, um, decided to move back home. Worked as a janitor for two years. Um, Full time while going to community college, and wanted to do something with wind power, so I was studying that, and I was like, "Shit, this requires a lot of math, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of math." <laughs> yep. And um, I'm guessing you're not good at math. Is a- math not your thing? Well, right. it's decent. It's, I'd I'm say. decent at I'm decent at math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um,
5: <laughs> like you can but divide like, but like higher <laughs> concepts of like um, mixing and matching and referencing like one physics. thing and like he can't do he can't like manage multiple subjects at the same time right yeah. Th- that's the cats he, in my head he, he can that do like manages. a simple calculation in his head off the top yeah. of his head yeah that's, yeah that's good that, Th- that's thanks pretty, for that that's pretty good thanks for that yeah,
4: yeah. i can feel the love oh, that's great
0: yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and so tried to study wind didn't work out it was too much math um but i, I had this humanities class. Um, And this professor just always brought up all these issues. Like, every single day, it was just these huge, like, just gargantuan problems in the world. And I asked him, like, what can anybody do? Like, every single day, you come in, and you just, like, fuck my day up. Right. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, you like this subject? Well, here's how it's racist, or here's how it's environmentally terrible. Oh, you like avocados? Mm, You're supporting... Um, you know, Mexican drug cartels. Oh, you like just every single day.
1: <laughs> I hate it. And, and so, Oh, man, what if you said you puppies? like puppies? Right. would be like puppy mills. <laughs> he'd, hit yeah. you, he'd hit you with something. Yeah. And you'd be like, fuck.
0: Don't um, you
1: hate and love those people?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. I mean, yeah. he's just like super woke and that, you know. He's <laughs> super woke. I, I, I loved it um, because it did bring my attention to a lot of really important shit. Um, and I think the problem with studying those types of issues and really thinking in depth as a consumer is, what are the issues with my consumerism? Mm. Like, oh yeah, I love beer. For example, let's go back to Rob. Rob loves beer. And then he started thinking like, well, what's my impact as a beer drinker? Oh wow, my, my impact is pretty large as a consumer. How can I curb that? Okay. But I, I asked this professor of mine like, what's the solution? Like you only ever give us problems, right? You're only ever educating us on the problems of the world, not like the solutions at hand. Right. And he was like, <laughs> policy, it's all driven by policy. And I was like, well, that doesn't really require a lot of math. And it requires being a people person, which I, I'm a people person. And, uh, you know, I like problem solving. And so I decided to switch to the University of Maine in Farmington and study environmental public policy and mm-hmm. planning. There I met um, a pretty influential dude, Mark King. Uh, he works for the DEP in, uh, in Maine. And he also runs the Maine Compost School. He's uh, a pretty well regarded uh, compost guru of the United States. And, uh, I had no idea of his like importance in that realm until I graduated pretty much, but I got to work under him for all four years of my education managed. Uh, I fell into like the composting program at my school, ended up managing all the food waste that was produced by the dining hall as well as the, the local high school as well. And, uh, I don't really know why I liked it. I, I've always liked hard work. Mm. Um, I shouldn't say I always like hard work. One of my like, most vivid memories growing up is crying while being told the wheelbarrow cement for my uncle's <laughs> pool company. Like, I remember just crying, crying. And I, my mom was always, like, my mom was always able to, uh, you know, when I would complain, she'd be like, oh, it's okay, and, like, divert. And you'd be like, oh, we won't do that. Working for my uncle building pools, it was like, I was crying, wheelbarrowing cement, and he's like need to do more and bitching at me about how I'm not doing a good job. So I shouldn't say I liked hard work, but yeah. I, I liked hard work in college, and uh, I just ended up hand shoveling food waste and doing the dirty work that no one else would do. And I think there was some pride in that.
1: Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm doing this thing that
1: making an impact almost.
0: I'm making an impact, and nobody else is willing to do it, so yeah. that like sets yeah. me apart. Like we tried to get some interns to, you know, shovel. Dead turkey carcasses after things like they quit, you know, like it just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but I ended up really enjoying that and decided to focus my entire education around food waste. Yep. And what I realized it was it was the uh, one of the biggest impacts you can have as a consumer is to curb your food waste habits. You know, growing up, a lot of it was having the most fuel efficient car or having the right light bulbs in your house. Mm. And, uh, I
1: or like f- recycling, or versus, recycling you know, throwing it away in the trash. Exactly,
0: right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in the, in the 90s and the early 2000s, and those were the big topics, but food waste and composting was never a topic. But mm-hmm. what I realized through my education was one of the biggest impacts we can have is through, you know, being aware of our food waste yeah. and diverting food waste from landfills. It was pretty simple, yeah. um, small action, big impact. Whereas most things in your life, it's kind of like, I can do a lot of work and still have a very little impact. Like I can worry about the type of detergent I use in my house until the cows come home. But at the end of the day, like, what's my real impact? Food waste for a very small amount of action can have a huge impact.
1: Before we get into what your education and kind of what you wanted to do with your education, let's just take a quick word from our sponsors to hear what they're offering because we have some amazing sponsors out there. So take it away, sound guy.
4: Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts?
2: Our friends over at Forest Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer.
1: Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! Cheers.
4: At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code Brews for 10% off your online order today.
1: Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service where you can get some of the dopest brewery t-shirts out there. I'm talking breweries from Dallas, San Diego, and even our home area of New England. And you might ask, "How do I get my hands on some?" Well, we're here to help you out. By using our promo code BREW, you can get your first box for $5. Tell me where you can get a t-shirt for $5. Oh wait, you can't, but you can today by going over to shirtsontap.com and using our promo code BrewRoots, you get your first box for $5. Remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. All right, well, thank you to our awesome sponsors. Uh, so we're back. I, I want to know like how your education kind of built the frameworks for your service instead of company. I want to call it service because it really is. Um, But obviously you cut your teeth before you even had this as an idea. Yep. So talk about life before. Life before against the grain? Well, it included a lot more sleep,
0: that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, after college, I worked for a company called Garbage to Garden, which was a commercial uh, food waste hauler. Um, Oftentimes it'll be referred to as a composter, but really what... Garbage to Garden did is they had uh, farmers, local relationships with local farmers um, to compost food waste that Garbage to Garden collected. Um, So I worked for them for a number of years as their account manager.
1: And and before Um, we go too forward, in Massachusetts or Maine?
0: That's in Maine. Cool. Yep. yep. They do operate in Massachusetts now, but at the time it was just Maine Maine. and a little bit of Massachusetts like the Arlington-Belmont area (laughs) with some residential work. Um, I was mostly managing the commercial side of things. Um... And through that commercial work, I ended up working with a ton of different breweries to compost their spent grains. And um, pretty good area for breweries in Maine. Big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we composted a ton, like literal tons of spent grains in, in Portland. Um, and I just always thought like this stuff is so valuable. like why is it being composted? you know, but um, and through that I had this idea to like, Let me just preface this by saying I had no idea how breweries operated. I just knew that they, like, produced spent grains. And my initial idea was called uh, hops is for horses, right? (laughs) Catchy. Makes no fucking sense, though. Yep. Yeah. Horses don't eat hops. (laughs) Yeah, no. Found that out the easy way, thankfully. Yeah, so I had this idea to, like, buy a vac tanker and put in these big IBC containers at breweries, and they'd fill it up with... I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and so I had this idea. And for the longest time, I was like, I'm just going to feed spent grains to horses and hops to horses. I'm going to name it hops is for horses. And I was just like stuck on this idea. I left Garbage to Garden, waited out a non disclosure agreement I had with them for a year, worked for myself as a handyman in Portland, which was a lot of fun. Worked uh, like putting in light bulbs for middle aged women, shirtless. Yes.
1: Mm. Uh,
4: <laughs> that sounds great.
1: Yeah, uh, but he put some light bulbs in before. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> right before this episode, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and uh,
0: after that, yeah, like lots of bringing in groceries for old people. It's like less of a being a carpenter, like a hardened, talented tradesperson, and more yeah. of just like. I'm lonely. Please paint my front deck. You know, like, yeah, okay. yeah. Shirtless gets you an extra $2 an hour. Sweet. Um, you knew your audience. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. totally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after I waited out my NDA, I got linked up with AgriCycle Energy, which is the company that I work for now. Um, unfortunately, when uh, COVID first hit in March, I got laid off for a month. Mm. And during that month, I was like, I'd never been laid off before. I was kind of... The Freaking the fuck probably, out. Yeah, I'm right. like, what? You, oh my God, like, what do I do? And then I, I realized, like, I would never lay myself off, you know, like that just such a basic thing to think, but like, I would never fire myself. Why don't I start my own company? And I decided to take that entire month um, to just investigate the logistics of hops is for horses, you know. And uh, you found out it wasn't. Found out it wasn't. <laughs> right. I mean, I think in the first three days, I mean, I was working like eight-hour days just focusing on what is now against the grain, yeah. and I, I realized in the first three days that, like, horse people are crazy, but also <laughs> horses don't eat hops. So and is business, it, why
1: why is it, is it poisonous? Cause it's poisonous?
0: It's poisonous for dogs. It's not. I don't, I don't know if it's poisonous. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's definitely not great for them to be eating hops. That's for sure. They mm. can definitely eat spent grains, um, but what I realized is horse people are in, in particular are very particular about what they feed their horses. You can't just feed them uh spent grains picked up from a brewery.
1: That's because they're like fifty thousand dollar animals. They're super expensive.
0: And the liability is crazy, you know. And it it is for farms too, but (laughs) less so when you're not dealing with like a Chrysler (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. You know what I mean? Like a Chrysler yeah. uh, expense Stallion of an Stallion or animal. whatever. Right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, what else can spent grains go to? So I started really investigating that. Found, obviously, pigs, cows, chickens, tilapia, um, turkey, uh, goats. So I started calling those types of farms and um, got a lot of interest there. Lots of folks wanted it and was like, well, I know the brewery side of things. I know the waste management side of things should be pretty simple for me to source this material. So once I get the farms down, I'll start sourcing the material from breweries. This is like two weeks in. Um, I found a partner who linked us up with, he has connections to like 20 different dairy farms throughout New England, investigated, you know, where spent cranes can go outside of horses or, you know, aside from horses rather. And, um, that, coupled with the immense amount of spent grains being produced in New England, I realized really quickly that the easiest solution would be to bring spent grains to dairy farms. Um, in, in, in regards to dairy farms, actually, I wrote down two quick facts in my note sheet on my iPhone that uh, kind of drive the point home of like, why not only is it the easiest uh, outlet for spent grains in terms of feeding uh, animals, but it's also one of the largest impacts we can have um, in terms of which sector of livestock we can offset. Um, And the quote says, Livestock is the world's largest user of land resources with pasture and arable land dedicated to the production of feed representing almost 80% of total agricultural land. One-third of global arable land is used to grow, feed, while 26% of Earth's ice-free terrestrial surface is used for grazing. Nearly 60% of the world's agricultural land is used for beef production. Yet beef Mm. accounts for less than 2% of the calories that we consume throughout the world. So for some... Yeah, I mean, beef is just a massively... Beef and dairy um, is just a, an incredibly energy-intensive process. So if we can use spent grains to offset even a small amount of impact that that industry has, then I'm all for it. I mean, we can obviously divert these materials to turkey farms or tilapia or salmon farms or wherever, um, but those types of consumer habits don't have as large of impact as consuming beef uh, or dairy. So... Um, I decided to focus on that. Luckily, I met this guy named Bill who he's like my farm Rob. Rob is like, <laughs> you know, beer Rob. And then I have farm Rob, which is Bill. I, I The stars really aligned with these two guys. I Bill mean, and Rob. Bill and Rob. Yeah, two single-syllable white guy names. Just yeah. like super, you know.
1: Knowledgeable. Super
0: knowledgeable dudes, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they they might as well be like one character split in two. Like two different Universes, Have man. Bill and they Rob met? They've never met. I, I don't either. even I don't want them to.
4: I think the <laughs> world would just end if they did. Know. You know, two uh, universes to two yeah. timetables. Yeah. It's like two it dimensions. just it's exactly collapsing of yeah. two stars. Yeah. Um,
0: Couldn't do it. And 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 Bill connected me with like twenty farms, twenty dairy farms throughout New England. So as we pivot and grow, we can bring um, spent grains to any farm, any part of New England, between wow. Maine and New York. Um, and he has the immediate connection. So it's not a matter of doing, you know,
4: introductions or whatever. Call. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. I also don't understand shit about, uh, you know, feeding dairy cows. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. I can't sell that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can sell that. It's a cheap feed and be like, Hey, here's this resource for you. But he has the actual knowledge and the data, um, knowledge too to, um, sell our service to those folks. Yeah. So it's a great home run.
1: Yeah. Before we get into more of that, I just want to know, like, how did you and Yeet converse? You know, like, where did your paths cross? Uh, and why did your interests spark? <laughs> you know, why, did, why do you guys work together?
5: So um, I studied business administration for my undergrad. And then um, I was a data analyst for a year. And during that time when I was working, I met Holden playing ultimate frisbee. And then we became really good buddies. And Holden actually just told this story. Do you want to continue the story of like? Um, yeah, because I, I heard, heard that you guys had, like
1: gotten a big argument. For,
5: Me- right? Meeting on Grinder.
1: Jeez.
0: No. No, I mean we had we had uh, met in an ultimate frisbee game, and uh, you know we were both like new to the area, and found an opportunity to like grow a friendship. And we had a, a pretty intense uh, gun control debate. Yeah. You know, we, you know, I come from Central Maine, where it's a little bit different than, than Massachusetts. Yeah. And um, we have different perspectives. Granted, they are relatively aligned, but yeah. uh, how we get there is just a little different. And um, I think this day and age, when people disagree politically, it's like you can't come back from that a lot of <laughs> times, right? <laughs> right? And and like we had this really intense debate, but at the end of it. We just understood each other's perspectives better, which to me was just such an anomaly. Like, holy shit. Like, I don't hate this guy's guts. Like <laughs> Yeah, let's hang out tomorrow. And that yeah. just like doesn't happen. And I was like, wow. Uh, two weeks after that, I was driving to and from Florida oh, to save my mom and grandfather amidst hurricane season and covid yeah. It was just crazy. I needed to get them out of the state of Florida. Plus, Florida's crazy. Yes. They can't be there anymore. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I rescued them from Florida. Brought them up to Maine. But I'm driving down to Florida, and I'm like, "Well, you e would make a really good business partner. Like, if we can disagree on something so fundamental as like Second Amendment arguments, yeah, right, like, yeah, what could we also talk through?
4: <laughs> you know, if we can make it
0: through that, like, we can definitely talk. What business. else can we
4: disagree on? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we can
1: recover. <laughs> Um, but that's kind of like, I think a lot of people that's, that just shows to your like business acumen that you can get through kind of exhilarating things and Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I may not agree on this, but he's a good partner because of, so good for you for realizing that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think like also like on the whole this day and age politically, like the second amendment isn't like the most... Damning thing to disagree on, but anyways. You know, like, there's yeah. so much that we do agree on, like 95, yeah, yeah, 99%, yeah. and then the 1% yeah. is natural. Yeah. But, um, you know, all in all, I was like, holy shit, I, I need to ask Eat to be my business partner. And it felt like I was asking like my middle school date to homecoming or something, <laughs> and, and I called him.
5: Also, before that, I had helped Holden when, when he like first started his like. Is um planning for the company. Mm. I, he was advising. I was advising him uh, on a lot of the like Excel spreadsheets and like the the business plan. So you were
1: already working for Holden before you even knew it. Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean,
5: I feel like we were spending at least like two hours a day. I, I think there was like a week that we spent like two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah from then on um he invited me to be his business partner and i was down for that because i was i also had like a business administration background as well as a, i'm a data analyst so i can i can help holden um where he needs help um the most i think um and that's why i think we're a good like
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I said, like, I have a really deep understanding of the the waste industry, composting, Mm -hmm. sustainability, Mm -hmm. organic waste in particular. And it's just a really good match. You know, his side of things being the data analytics, um, coupled with my industry knowledge um, and experience with these breweries. And it's really resulted in a a super reliable service, we believe. I mean, having worked in the composting world previous, I mean, compost um, services are really smelly. Um, you know, <laughs> I've been in the industry for almost a decade now and, you know, no business owner is like waking up early to make sure their dumpster is picked up, you know, trash and recycling just kind of happens. Yeah. Food waste is, is really under a microscope because a lot of folks view it as an extra expense, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm paying mm-hmm. for trash recycling and compost. Yeah. What we need to realize is that as you move up the um sustainable hierarchy you should see a savings in your cost you should never see uh an increase in your cost and that's because the better you the better usage of the materials that you identify let's say you have food waste in your dumpster um and you're exclusively using that dumpster to go to landfill landfill has a per ton cost of anywhere between 100 and 120 per ton if you divert any amount of weight to composting, composting or anaerobic digestion has a per ton rate. That's Mm. typically half or less than that. So that right there is a savings and you should see a savings immediately. Mm. So something that we've really tried to drive home is that, you know, we've got a reliable service that holds true to that hierarchy. As you start identifying a higher usage for your materials, you should see a savings there. Um, and the infrastructure, to the supply chain we've established does exactly that, Um, and I see that every day.
1: Yeah. I'm sure all of our brewery friends that are listening are really wondering of the service that you guys offer, and before we get into that, I just want to give one quick shout out to our awesome sponsor, so take it away, Sound Guy Ryan.
2: Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster,
1: or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality.
4: Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians.
2: Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information and make sure you let them know that Baruch sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here didn't know if you heard but we're a part of the hopped up network there you'll find other informative podcasts about beer so go ahead follow them on social media and visit them on their website hoppedupnetwork.com to learn more about the people beer and breweries from around the country and until next time thanks for listening cheers
1: All right, major shout-out to our awesome sponsor. Thank you for that. But, again, we were mentioning, all, we have a ton of breweries that listen, and we want to know why should our brewery friends choose your service? Sure. I mean, it's hard for a brewery who is a small system to maybe make those um, sustainable choices. Mm. And why should they make them early on in the process or even sure. maybe even later into the process?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, first off, every brewery has – has like a farmer story of when they used to work with a farm and then they had to switch and it was a debacle or whatever. And that, you know, we really want to drive home that that's like no fault of the farmers at all. You know, a farmer farms, a brewer brews. And, and oftentimes what happens with the spent grains is completely circumstantial. Sometimes, you know, we've we've encountered breweries that have that one employee who, you know, loads, 600 pounds of spent grains into the back of their Subaru Outback and drives an hour and a half one way to a farm to drop it off. Yeah. And, you know, they're not paid to do that. They're just doing it out of the kindness of their heart because they know that material is valuable or, you know, they've worked with a farmer for 30 years and they've only exclusively worked with them. And that's a great system for them. You know, we don't expect those folks to, to have that great system to change yeah, by any yeah, means. Yeah. And, you know, we're not looking to necessarily rip spent grains out of that farmer's Uh, feed feed line, you know, we want to make sure that those relationships are, um, strong because right. I mean, that's the goal of our company is to create those types of circular economies. Um, but what we want to do is create a lower barrier to entry for farms that might not have the infrastructure to do what, um, you know, to be, have a dedicated truck to go pick up spent grains and bring them to their farm or, um, you know, cause it is very labor intensive. Um, oftentimes they're like, they need a forklift. If they don't have a forklift, they need to like hand lug 55 gallon drums into the back of their pickup. And when they get to the farm, they need to, you know, have a way to get them off the pickup. The infrastructure that we've invested in is completely tailored around spent grains. Um, so we have, uh, a truck that can carry up to six tons at a time. Um, it's a tote system, so you we supply totes for our partners. Um, the totes get filled up with spent grains, um, and they leave them out. We have a you know we're picking up at least twice a week from our partners. The reason we do that is because that um, cuts down on the amount of likelihood that the spent grains will go bad. Um, so at minimum, we're picking up the spent grains twice a week. And I think every brewery that has some kind of process for spent grains recognizes that those containers stink. They smell bad, they get gross. So we've also invested in a pressure washing system that is connected to our truck that sprays the totes while they're upside down um, on our truck. That way, you know, no runoff water is getting cool. frozen in their driveway yeah. or yeah, whatever. No, spent grains are getting sprayed all over customers' cars, <laughs> what have you. Um, the service also takes place pretty early in the morning, um, one to beat Boston traffic yeah. um, for the folks who are downtown. Definitely, but also because um, it's just easier for customers that way. You know, we don't want people to have to, with everybody sitting outside right now, to see. Oh, well there's all their spent grains being right. dumped out. Like, what is what right. is that whole process? It's kind of gross. Um, so, so that's how we're working with that in terms of the reliability of our process. Like I said, we have like 20 farm partners that we can choose from. So if, you know, this is something that's been pretty common is we've experienced breweries that, you know, at the end of the week they contact their farmer, Hey, come pick up and they say, Oh, I I don't need it.
4: Gotcha. I don't need it
0: this week. And to a farmer that, I mean, to a brewer. That really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you know, it's now like,
4: what do I do with all this? <laughs> exactly.
0: Who do I call? Do I call another, ph- another yeah. farmer? Do I have to build that relationship? And it's mm. a whole process. So oftentimes it'll end up in a dumpster, you know. Yeah. And when I go back to talking about that per ton cost of 110 bucks a ton, it can be pretty expensive. That adds up pretty quick. Yeah. yeah exactly. Sure. Or they can call a composter, uh, but there's still a per ta- uh, cost per ton for that material if it goes through a composter, and it's also not the best use that way. So, if God forbid we call Farmer Joe or Farm Farm A and they say we don't need it this week, well, we've got Farm
4: nineteen other farms
0: B through Z. Yeah, you know we're yeah. never gonna say eh, we can't take it this week. And you know if we do have any issues with reliability, we have backup trucks. Um, if for whatever reason our trucks get nuclear bombs, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you never like, know. They all get struck by yeah. lightning and blow up. Um, and it, it is a brand new truck. Yeah, Yeah. yes. I mean, it's state-of-the-art. It's sealed. It's not going to be leaking. It's it's completely tailored around my experience with composters through my 10 years of experience in the food waste world. Mm -hmm. Um, If, God forbid, those trucks blow up for whatever reason, um, through my experience in the industry, we have a network of other... um, Waste haulers, organic waste haulers that can bring them to compost sites. Yeah. So there really is never going to be a scenario where their spent grains are going to a landfill. You never. also
4: have plans A through Z. Exactly. <laughs> Outside of our own service. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, Fun. continuity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we're, we're building this business in phases. So we've connected with Regrained from, um, the West Coast who do, they do like puffs, they do chip, you guys should really connect with them. They're a great group of folks. What they do is they create um, products for human consumption uh, made from spent grains. Oh, and cool. That's the trajectory of our, of our company. Yeah, um, We're looking to partner with folks like Regrain and other companies that are using spent grains to feed humans because mm-hmm. we realize that while we have this really awesome mm-hmm. base to bring the majority of our spent grains to. We would like to see that material be diverted to human consumption in the future. So our partners can almost guarantee that as they grow with us, uh, they'll see, you know, their spent grains being diverted to human consumption in the future, having an even bigger impact, which is huge. Spent
1: grains are delicious, for those who don't know.
0: They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So through AgriCycle, I had a partner um, at Cambridge Brewing Company. And I got to tour their facility, and we were, you know, looking around. I was looking at the material they were producing, and this is right before I got laid off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, and just to clarify, I mean, I work with AgriCycle now. I was only laid off for a very brief period of time. They have been great. I mean, they've been awesome mentors in this process um, for you know, especially the logistics and operational side of things. Really supportive of what we're doing, um, and looking into partnerships in terms of you know them looking at which uh, which breweries they're working with and saying, hey, your material is better used um, with against the grain, who we've partnered with. They've, they've yeah. really looked at that option, too, um, throughout New England, which has been great. Um, oh, but I was touring uh, Cambridge Brewing Company, and uh, the guy that was giving me the tour was like, hey, take a handful of those spent grains and just put them in your mouth. I was like,
3: uh, yeah. I don't know,
0: but I didn't, and that was like a moment that really clicked for me. It was like, holy shit, this this business idea that I've been thinking of for years now and like losing sleep over is even more realistic. Yeah, like, I literally just took spent grains and put them in my mouth and chewed them and ate it them. Was
4: it was delicious. So delicious. Hops aren't for
5: he- for horses, but they're for humans. Right, yeah. right. And so I was like, Not damn, hops. I, yeah, I got to do this. And um, it's like eating oatmeal in in the morning. It, yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it and, tasted like that. I, I ate some too yeah. at Lamplighter. Lamp yeah, I can In Cambridge. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah we've yeah. been working, we've been talking to Kayla and, and those folks cool. at Lamplighter, great team over there. Um, and yeah, I had yeet. I was like, you know, put those in your mouth. you could see he's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did. not it's like, it, it, it really yeah, does yeah, make a lot of sense. It, yeah, it's like oatmeal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the service is pretty simple. You fill up the totes that we supply for you. You put them outside. We pick them up twice a week, put them in our we empty those totes in our truck, clean them out, put them down. And you use them like Easy that. Easy enough. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and some of our partners are doing um they're they're going to be doing five times a week service. Cool. So if you're in a certain part of Massachusetts, we can do that. Um, you know, we're really not we're really not uh exclusive to the Boston area. We're working with um Essex Brewing. Um,
4: yeah. in PBD. P-B-D, yeah. PBD.
0: I mean, we're all the way up there. We're looking at um, folks in Drake. It. We've been communicating cool. with folks um, almost all the way to Worcester. So, nice. Um, nice. We've got a pretty big footprint already, and yeah. the economics work out pretty, pretty easily for us now. Awesome. Um, how, how it works is we subsidize our hauling costs to make it as competitive and cheap as possible yeah. by selling the spent grains to local farms.
3: Right. So right. we
0: sell it at a reduced rate that is a savings for the farmers. They don't have to invest in trucking, any infrastructure, yeah, they don't nothing. have to take any yeah. time. Off That's how you rate. offset it. Yeah. That's how we offset it. And we make it incredibly competitive when compared to landfill or composting for that reason. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I said pretty early on is. Everybody has that farm story where you know we worked with a farmer who picked this up in his like '86 Silverado every day, and and again that's no fault of their own. We want to create a lower barrier of entry for yeah, those folks, yeah, make so, a little easier yeah, yeah. for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So we can allow them to opt in and buy spent grains from us at a really cheap rate that saves them money on what their feedstocks are already. Yeah. That offsets the cost of us driving the truck out there um, and servicing breweries, etc. So um, it really is a circular economy business. Right. So
4: now. What about some of the larger breweries? So I know there's some that already have something in place where they have a big tank or whatever, where they are mm. already putting their spent grain. Yeah. Do they now have to completely change and use your totes, or can you that's get the grains question. from them that way? Or
0: yeah, so that's something we've encountered actually quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in total transparency. Uh, you know, we all know the IRS tracks every gallon of alcohol that's produced right. in United yes. states. So really early on, I requested that data from the IRS, mm-hmm. and we indicated that, okay, well, here's our most likely partner. Yeah. And there was about 100 breweries in that, okay. in that
4: group. Cool, we cool. reached
0: out to most of them, and there was another 10 that were just what we considered out of our league. Yeah. But what we realized pretty quickly is that they're not actually out of our league, and those breweries sometimes are contracting folks to bring those spent grains out of state. Gotcha. Um, because they don't have the network that we have to bring those spent grains to local farms. Yeah. They have to bring them to Connecticut, or um, you know, I've I've heard of folks bringing it as far out as Philly. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, damn. It's great that you have that solution in place, but let's keep those spent grains local. Right. And mm. at the very least, folks can just see what we're capable of. They can Definitely. see, okay, what's the cost comparison? You know, uh, and not just that, but what's the environmental offset of instead of having a fifty-two foot tractor trailer driving from my brewery out right. to Connecticut. Right. What is it to drive twenty miles north right. once a day? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty big offset in that of regard. Of course. Yeah. Um and, and just, an environmental offset. Yeah. Huge, yeah. And most farms in this region are experiencing a pretty severe drought. So yeah. th- you know they're really hurting for these grains. For yeah. sure.
5: And how the process works is that um, we come to your after you fill out the form in our website, which is against the dot um we come to your site and we do a pre-processing and see how we can solve your um, disposal of the grains. And mm. if we see that it's fit for our infrastructure, we give you a coat And it's a fixed coat and it doesn't it doesn't change based on um, like if you if you're producing more grains than you did like three months ago, the the cost does not change. So it's not a Correct. per ton cost it's it's uh based on the per visit yeah the number of visits and the number of totes that we are going to be hauling yep it's just time it takes to get there time on site we're only charging for that because we're
0: selling the spent grains we're not charging like a composter would right um, right. for that per tonnage we're completely avoiding that Um, so we're only looking to offset our hauling which is then subsidized so So it's re-envisioning composting or correct yeah right and you know you can do both. I mean, you can connect with a composter for your front, You know your uh, your kitchen food waste. Save money in that regard. If ninety percent of what you're producing is spent grains, yeah, you know you really shouldn't be composting your spent grains if you can help it. Um, just from a cost, not even like environmentally, just economically, mm-hmm. it should be a cost savings. You know, um, <laughs> to to work with us as opposed to uh, a composter or okay. throwing in the trash because of that per ton rate. We're not yeah. we're completely avoiding that. So, um, you know, just going back to your question about what are these larger breweries uh, have to gain by working with us is, you know, just fill out the form on our website and, and find out. We'll do a yeah. site visit, see what we're capable of, but oftentimes, you know, that infrastructure they have on site, we want to complement that. You yeah. don't really want to reinvent the wheel because these breweries have pretty high-tech processes, you know, they right. they only are built to work the way that they're built. So we need to accommodate that, and the way that we've uh, invested in our infrastructure is to do just that. We want to make sure that if they have a, a shoot system, you know, a truck shows up, they spend an hour on site, yeah, and the spent grain should just fall into the bed of the truck. Um, we want to be able to do that, so our truck is actually designed to be able cool. to to do that. Now we max out at about six tons a day, yeah, um, for per brewery. Um, so let's say they're doing six tons a week. You know, we'd want to pick up three times a week or twice
5: a week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can also yeah. do multiple routes a day. So that totally. can go from six tons a day to 12, 18. Right. We could visit twice in a day. Yeah. You know, we
0: could yeah. visit three times in a day. Um, and as we grow as a business, you know, who knows? We might have a, that 52-foot box truck um, right. that we can then fill. But keeping that that focus on locally sourcing yeah. these grains to farmers yeah. is always going to be our focus. Cool. Um,
1: so, yeah. Yeah. I just want to know like why would a smaller brewery who's trying to cut, you know, costs, mm. you know, early on. You know, it's it's hard to open a brewery. There's a ton of costs associated with it. For sure. Would choose your services, you know, it's 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 a risk, you know, yep. when, when I could make x amount more liquid so that I could get in the mouth of people and mm. then make a sustainable choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can, I guess it kind of goes back to that that hierarchy of of waste that I was talking about previously. You know, the real the way we've created the business is to be able to be complementary to those folks. You know, to add, as you climb up the food waste hierarchy, you should see a savings. It should never be really an additional cost because those grains are going to go somewhere. You know, if someone's like, well, I could save money by putting it in my dumpster. Could you really? Because I don't think so. And at the very least, let's compare. Where are we hauling-wise? Are we close? Are we nearby? Get a quote from us. You can find out. But you know, to have a dumpster on site, knowing that those spent grains are going to go to landfill at $120 per ton, or it can go to a farm with a, you know, zero cost per ton, right there, it should be an economic savings for Mm. you. That said, I mean, we have gotten reached out to by, you know, folks like Anonymous Brewing, for example. That that was actually one of the first breweries that reached out to us. They're like, hey, I'm doing like, five gallons of spent grains a week. And I was like, well, we're, you know, we're not right there just yet. If you're a little bit north. Yeah. You'd probably be paying for more hauling than you would just be disposal. Right. And for that amount, you could just do a backyard composting operation yeah. or get a get a composting bucket from a company like Black Earth Compost and do, um, you know, curbside composting or garbage to garden, for example. You could do that. Um, and that would be a sustainable usage. It's being composted rather than landfilled. But that said, we've also played with the idea of doing like drop-off locations for small, um, like at-home home uh, brewers who maybe they're producing twenty tons or twenty tons in a week, twenty <laughs> gallons in a week, and yeah. they're like, well, this isn't really enough to justify having against the grain come to my house. Right. But if there's a consolidation point where I can share, um, you know, a container with ten other home brewers that might make sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's something we've played with too. Cool. Um if anybody out there is would be interested in hosting a drop off site, let us know. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> it's yeah,
1: something that I've really been thinking of and, and folks have reached out to me about. Yeah. So cool. you are partnered up with a couple of breweries right now, but you guys aren't the the lights not green yet for you guys. Correct. When is when are you guys going to be rolling out in and operational? March 1st. Of 2021? 2021. Yes. Yeah.
4: Awesome. Well, it's right around the corner, really. Yeah, for I know. Sure. At this yeah. point, yeah. It's, it's
1: <laughs> honestly kind of frightening. <laughs> so I'm sure that a ton of our brewery friends are listening for the first time and finding out about your company. So I want to know where they can best reach out to you guys. And obviously, we're going to put that in the link below. So don't you don't have to get your pen and paper out right now. But it'll be <laughs> in the link below we're all on smartphones you just have to click the link but like super easy yeah where 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 can we where can we uh, get some of our brewery friends partnering up with you guys sure uh you can
0: shoot me an email at holden at against the grain cool. or yeet at against the com. that's y-i-g-i-t at against the com. um go to our website fill out our brewery partner form um
4: Social media as well. Social yeah. media, yeah,
0: we're on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we've kind of
5: strayed away from Facebook. I, I
4: don't, yeah.
5: It's hard. It's, it's a hard I cookie to crack. Facebook's I weird. I don't like it. I don't I like, don't like Twitter, don't but that's all right. Just to note, by the way, the website's link, again, is againstthegrainne.com, and there's a brewery partner form yeah. where you can put in all the information on how much you brew, and you don't necessarily have to know how much grains you produce. You, you We can convert that value from how much uh, you brew, basically, uh, mm-hmm. in uh, barrels correct yeah And we want to do a site visit just check it out you know see uh,
0: what ch- specific challenges you might have on site um, yeah. you know things that we might have to adapt to etc um, but yeah I mean that's 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 pretty cool. much it Instagram email our website um, farmers who are listening as well I mean we have a far farmer partnership form as well which is pretty much like the other side of the coin because yeah. you know at the end of the day that's a big focus of our business too Definitely. is really strengthening the supply chain. So if any farmers are listening, same same goes for you. There's a farmers partner form. Uh, fill that out. We can see you know where you're at on our route and let us know how much spent grains you need and you know, we can make it happen. At least you know in Massachusetts, oh, I'm gonna get this wrong. I know I'm gonna get this wrong, but there's oh, hmm. 212 breweries. In Massachusetts alone? I think you're
4: close. You're pretty close, I think.
0: Rob yeah. just schooled me on this last
4: yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> Rob.
0: I, I said 180, and he was like,
4: No, nah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, we're no, definitely it's, it's like north of 220 200. or so. 220? Okay. Yeah. There's
0: 220 breweries in sure. Massachusetts. Yeah. There's enough to go around. You know, yeah. there really is enough spent cranes to go around. Um, And again, there's like, all you got to do is reach out to get the information you need to have on hand. There's no you know you're not signing a contract with getting you don't information have to call from anyone. us <laughs> right I mean, we're not going to take your social security number and credit card yeah 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 all you got to do is reach out to us and get a quote and see if it makes sense for your company um in your location cool i want to say 99% of people will but you know i can't, you never know. can't say it'll work out for everybody <laughs> but i think the way we've created the business it it really should be it's a circular yeah. economy and we hold true to that yeah.
4: awesome
1: well you guys are very smart in the industry. I, I'm, I'm pumped to have you guys part of the brewing community yeah, here in Massachusetts because yeah. I really do think sustainability is not a taboo subject, but it's a subject that's not often discussed because people equate it to being more expensive. Mm. So I'm glad that we kind of erased that stigma here on this episode today Um and I'm I'm excited for to see what's happening. March with you guys. It's just around r- right around the corner. So make sure that if you are a brewery or if you're a home brewer and you want to start that kind of community, reach out to these guys because they're not in it to just like kind of screw you over. They really believe in the in the making sustainability. Yeah, and in, yep. in the making a difference with it. So hold and eat i i appreciate you guys doing this um make sure you check out the
5: website you, you said it so well so i'm gonna have you say it again the <laughs> website it's against the grain com, and you can check out our breweries partners form and farmers partners form yeah Beautiful. so make sure
1: it's just i mean if you are a smaller brewery or a larger brewery because we know you're listening we know you're we listening, know Jim Cook. We know it, Jim. <laughs> we know you're out there. You're on our list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: biggest fan, we know.
4: Yeah,
1: we know you're the biggest fan. But reach out to them because it's it, it's, it's important. It's, it's, it's important. And, and get some information. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this totally. tonight. We do appreciate it. You drove all the way from Boston, so thank we're going to drink more beer with you. I know mm. we were drinking some Springdale stuff earlier, but Ryan's got some goodies in this beer fridge. And uh,
4: yeah. Until next time. Thank
1: you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much, everybody. all right everyone thank you for making it this far in the episode and you know what that means ryan has a little secret to tell us ryan take it away
2: i like beer oh
1: we punked you again there's no secret this week but next week there might be a secret there might be a secret um shout out to our friends holden and Neat
2: yeah it was great interview uh super solid information i certainly learned uh quite a bit um and i want to
1: taste some spent grains
2: i really want to taste some spent grains i remember um you know i've had some spent grains from like homebrew stuff yep. i've had it from some of the you know uh, breweries that we've been to uh, when we did our collab 100th yep. episode beer Had spent grains and i want them in a really nice sweet yummy treat that's that's all i want so fuck the animals i want it
1: (laughs) (laughs) no no we gotta support the animals too but um if you want to help support uh, against the grain new england make sure to check out their website below um and if you're a brewery or um a home brewer that's interested in maybe like a local drop-off or something like that they're looking into that so yeah pretty cool information right there so ryan should we announce next week's guest
2: nope i think we should just leave it there and say goodbye farewell see you next week
1: i would say the same thing so nope goodbye farewell and see you next week cheers cheers